Hey, this is Abdiel Cancel. I'm the pastor of Audible Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, gives you faith, and the desire to make hope louder. Enjoy the message. Hey, all the way from Texas to Allentown, Pennsylvania, and here's what I can tell you. I honestly miss that place. I bet it is beautiful right now, and really, I wish I was physically there with you, but here's one thing I can tell you is that there is a move of God happening in Allentown, Pennsylvania like never before, and it is bubbling over out of Audible Church. People can hear what's happening, and you guys truly are. I'm watching your media. You're making hope louder, and it excites me, so it's my honor to be with you today to preach God's word and hopefully to get your faith stirred up that you would go and continue to carry out that message to all the people who need hope in Allentown, Pennsylvania and that surrounding area. I, I, I wonder though if lately you've shot a phone call or text message over to Pastor Abdiel and just thanked him and loved him. Would you just, would you stop right now? Just do this right now while I'm talking. Just open up your phone and text him and just send him some encouragement. He, he is pouring himself out, and I know leaders are too, all around him, that God would move. Just begin now to just surround him and his family like never before and begin to lift him up in prayer. Pastor Dorcas leading worship and him preaching and the group that's around him. I just believe that God is using all the people connected to Audible Church to bring forth the powerful move of God. So thank you in advance just for texting him and loving on him. Pastor LBL, I love you. It's my honor to be here and bring the word of God with you. You know we're standing arm in arm with Authentic and we're pressing with you guys, believing in you every step of the way for this mighty move of God happening through Audible Church. I want to bring you to a text in John chapter 2, the Gospel of John. It's right there in the New Testament. And John chapter 2, go and turn to it real quick. If you have your Bibles, pull out your notes, do what you think. You know, if you're multitasking, do whatever you're doing right now. Um, and, and I want to bring you to the first miracle that Jesus performed in his ministry. The first public miracle we have here in Scripture on record that he performs in his ministry. I want to bring you to it as Jesus is at a wedding. And what he does is... I'm going to give you a spoiler here for you. What he does is they, they run out of wine, and he ends up turning water into wine. And I think it'd be appropriate we give our time and our title for today and go ahead and call it Running Out. Running Out. I've seen a lot of people out running, but I've also seen a lot of people running out. And this is the season we're in. It's like, go to the store, the shelves are empty. Go to this, that's empty there. It's like, there's just a, there's just a, there's a spirit, I believe, of running out that's trying to swirl itself into the church. But there's also a spirit of the living God that's standing firm. And I want us to celebrate that together, what God is doing. So I, I, I've been in the spot. Even just the other day, my wife and I were, were about to make some hot dogs at the house and we realized we ran out of ketchup, <laughs> running out. And so we had, to, we had to call someone to go to the gas station to get gas station ketchup. Who knows what the expiration date on that is? I don't know. But here's what I can tell you. I'm still alive and well. You know what? There's other times. The other day I was cooking and I was about to make some mashed potatoes and I realized I was running out of butter. I don't think we've ever run out of butter. I don't know what's going on. It's just there's a, there's a thing. There's an occurrence of running out and what's happening. You know, but, but more serious than butter or ketchup or running out of food, I know probably your area as well, people are running out of jobs. I know even in my family, my, both of my wife's parents have been unemployed now just in the last few days. And that's serious stuff. 
Anyone would rather run out of ketchup than run out of their job. Anyone would give up butter just to have a paycheck. This is obvious things we're talking about. And running out is real. It's not a joke. So when I bring us to this passage, I want us to put ourselves in a, in a time just like this. I believe it's relatable. I know maybe we're not at a wedding right now. But running out happens. Yeah. Running out is real. Yeah. Running out is painful. Running out is hard. And so I think Jesus' approach to this situation shows us how to better minister to our friends that are losing jobs, how to better, better let our, our God minister to us as we're feeling like we're running out. I know probably you may have even looked at your bank accounts and realized there's a running out beginning to happen. I know for my wife and I, there's been times where we've looked and we've looked at the money we had and we thought, I don't know how we're going to pay the bills that we have. And I can choose to get so sucked into the fact that we're running out, or I can choose to remember that my God, Jehovah, that Jesus who paid the price, who wouldn't cancel a wedding when wine was running out, won't cancel my life because my money begins like it's coming down lower and lower. That's what I can remember. So there they are, and they're in the text, chapter 2, running out. And... Mary, the mother of Jesus, says to Jesus, a profound statement. She says, they have no wine. And I don't know if you study this in the Greek or not, but if you go to the Greek and you take these words, they have no wine, and you begin to study them, the, the translation is very mind-blowing. It literally means that there was no wine. I know, shocking. It's, it's, it's something we can all agree upon right here in this moment, that truly there was a shortage in the midst when there should have been a celebration. They were there to party. They were there to have a good time. This was supposed to be a great time, but now we found ourselves upon a shortage. And what I know for our lives as people walking by faith is any time that we're trying to do it bigger than we were before, any time we're trying to have a faith that's bolder than it was before, there's always a threat of shortage. Anytime you're trying to take a step further than you've ever been, anytime you're trying to kick an addiction that's been grabbing hold of you, there's always a threat of shortage. Shortage of strength, shortage of power, shortage of money, shortage of time, shortage of talent. There's always going to be a threat of shortage. And this is no reality because the only time we find there's no threat of shortage is when we decide to retreat back and be comfortable with the lack that we have. And I believe this church right now, that audible church, that authentic, the churches all surrounding the globe, that we say, you know what, we're not going to settle back and be satisfied with lack. What we're going to do is we're going to let our lack and our longing turn into a drawing us closer to the presence of God. You know, in the Psalms, in, in, in chapter 84 and chapter 63, it says, it says that my, my, my soul and my flesh long for the presence of God. Yeah. You know what that longing begins to do? It begins to draw us closer into God. And oftentimes, a, a lack that comes into our life, whether God brought it or it just happened, I don't believe that the God of the universe caused that wedding to run out of wine. I don't believe that. I believe that he did, though, bring the Son of God to that wedding to show a miracle to the people and the disciples of God to say this is the way, the truth, and the life, which we'll continue to find out. And I believe, though, that he'll use this lack to bring a longing into our life. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. That that. We think, we think that, that running out just shows our weakness. We think that, that running out and, and having a shortage spotlights our sin. 
We, we identify those things together. But really what happens is shortage brings a space for our Savior to begin to work. Shortage and our ability to not be able to save ourselves give an opportunity to say God is the one who saves. Him alone. Without Jesus, there's no saving power. And it's only through weakness and shortage and running out that I'm able to cling to the grace of God. And so to any person who's been trying and working and your wheels have been spinning and you've been trying to make it happen on your own, but no matter what you do, it just doesn't work out. Here's what I say. Stop trying on your own strength and turn it over to God. Stop trying to make nothing turn into something with your own ability and give it to the God who can turn anything into something good. Give it to the God who can take what was dead and make it life. Give it to the God who can take what was lacking and make it, and make it strong. Give it to the God who can take what was hurting and make it whole. Give it to that God. Give him a space to work. You know, when we read the rest of the text, they identified the wine had run out. And if you go read verses 4 through 9, you'll see the next steps. I won't read it for us. I'll let you go and read it. But what you'll find is that the wine ran out and... and Jesus began to give instructions after Mary told him to. Jesus began to give him instructions to say, here's what we're going to do next. And what happened was Jesus turned no wine into good wine and nobody whined. Hey, gotcha. Um, but really it happened. See, no one complained when nothing turned into something. But all of us want to complain on the other side when we see nothing being nothing. But we don't know what Jesus has planned over here that really it's better. You see, I've been, I've been sharing the gospel with my friend and it's turning into nothing. And what I can do is I can get depressed and I can begin to complain. But what I can trust is that God always makes nothing something. And so if I'll just keep sowing, then I'll see what God has. So here's what I say is... Don't worry about your lack. Put it in God's hands because he doesn't worry. He makes miracles. What's worry going to do? But I know what miracles does. It begins to show the power of God to all the people around us. And so when things seem hard or it seems like we're running out or it seems like we're hurting more than we should or it seems like we've been saving so there should be more. We planned well. Why is this happening? Just know that a space is being made for the Savior. A spotlight is being shined on him. That we would see his glory and his power in a time that's difficult. So we continue to read here in the story. And, and I want to take you to the verses 4 through 9. I want to tell you some, just a few things that I, that I think just really fly off the page as you read it. The first one is he tells, he tells these, these people who are there. He says to them, he says, will you take these, these jars, these jars that are there. There are six stone jars. Will you take them and will you fill them with water? And so they, they take the, the jars and they fill them with water. But here's the thing, water isn't wine. That doesn't make sense. Why would they fill them with water? Even just the act of doing that is so impressive. And, 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 and what, I, what I notice is in the text that it says, quote, they filled them up to the brim. Many times when God asks us to do something that makes no sense, we do it halfway. That if we were being honest and if some of us would have been there and we would have been the ones filling the water into the jars, knowing that there was no wine and knowing that it didn't make sense, we would have done it about three quarters or halfway and we would have said, this is good enough. Go ahead and do this. But they filled them all the way to the brim. Give me one stone jar. Give me one stone jar that holds between 20 and 30 gallons and you go roll it and fill it with some water. You go do some buckets and fill it. See how tired your back gets after three stone jars. I don't care how many people are there. See if you just say, hey, you know what? Jesus can do it. Let's just, ah, we'll build about three quarters of the way. But they fill it all the way to the brim. And I wonder, I wonder if we 
as the church, as the people, if we are willing to fill ourselves to the brim, to fill a situation with the brim, with something that makes no sense to the people watching around us. It would have made sense if they filled it with good wine. Oh, yeah, get all the good wine you can. It would have made sense if it was free. You know what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. It wasn't. It cost them something, and it wasn't what they needed. And many times, the step of obedience that we should be taking, the move that we should be making, that we should be filling ourselves to the brim with the presence of God, those steps don't make sense. And so we don't do them all the way. We don't do them to the brim that God has called us to. And I believe we're going to make that shift in our life and begin to say, God, if it doesn't make sense, can you imagine what everyone was thinking around? Why are these people going and filling water? The, the ruckus that had to be happening at the wedding as these people were traveling back and forth with buckets to the well, wherever that was, filling this, filling this with water and, and moving. And they're thinking, what are they doing? And when people begin to question us, all of a sudden what we do is we begin to question us. But why? We should know that many times the thing God calls us to won't make sense to everyone else around us. Yes, have wise counsel. Yes, be in the word of God, of course. Yes, be filled with the spirit. But don't expect the world around you to qualify and, and be okay with the steps of faith that God is calling you to do. And no matter what, if he's calling you, fill it to the brim. The second thing that I notice is that he asked them then to take the water they scooped out to take it and to bring it over to the master of the feast. And I think many times that's the step that may get us. Maybe we are the people that are like, oh, God calls me like in the private. I'm going to be filling to the brim. I'm going to be doing like any step of obedience. But now he's saying, take what didn't make sense. Remember all the steps of faith that you made? Take this now. I want you to scoop some out in this cup. And I want you to take it to the master of the feast, the expert wine taster, the one who knows, the one who's going to know, is this good wine? Is this bad wine? Is this water? Of course it's water because you put water in there. That makes perfect sense. Go scoop it and bring it to him. How absurd is this? And many times, the Holy Ghost inside of us says, go over and take what you have and bring it over to that person. You know what? It's so interesting because, because water and wine have so many symbols, not just in this text, but throughout Scripture. Water is not a strong drink. Water is not powerful. Right? You're not going to drink water and say, oh, Wow, it's so full of flavor. No, wine is powerful. Wine is potent. Wine is the strong drink. So what he needs them to do is he needs them to scoop out what was weak. He needs you to scoop out what is weak inside of you. He needs you to take, draw in what is weak. He needs you to go bring it to somebody else, trusting that what you have is weakness on your own. But as you bring it to them, he turns it into something strong. And as they take it and it goes inside of them, what was weak now becomes strong. What was normal now becomes good. What was, what was water now becomes wine. What was old covenant, what was law, what was following rules, what was trying to make yourself and make salvation for your own self and all you had was just following the law and making sure you were right now turns into the spirit. And where the spirit is, there is freedom and there is life. And now, now we're symbolizing that soon it won't just be wine poured out, but it'll be the spirit poured out. Why? Because the blood of Jesus on the cross making a way for us that we might have eternal life that you might enter into the presence of God. So will we fill it to the brim?
Will we? Will we take the weakness we have, we may perceive as weakness? The flaw that we may perceive as a flaw, will we take it and will we take it to where we're told to take it? That we trust in between the travel from point A yeah. to point B. He will turn it from a flaw into something good. Because when he tasted the wine, he declared, this is the good wine. Yeah. What was weak becomes strong through the power of the Spirit. Yeah. And it's not just in a text, in a Bible story in John chapter 2. It's happening even right now right. as you take in these very moments. Even in these very moments, God is taking what was weak inside of each one of us and making it what is strong. If we will give it over to him and trust him that, listen, we can't run out when we're in the presence of God. It may look like we will. It may for a moment become looking like that. It may for a moment become knocking. Maybe for a moment, hey, here we are. It looks like we're running out, but we can't. When we're in God's hands, he always provides. So I say to you, it's not over. Shortage is not going to stop your life. If he didn't cancel a wedding, he won't cancel you. What if this week, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and the surrounding area, people begin to walk in the fullness of what they saw in John chapter 2, believing that this same Jesus that performed a miracle at a wedding would perform a miracle in your job. That this same Jesus that performed a miracle in a small town would perform a miracle in the region of Allentown, Pennsylvania. That this same God, that this same Jesus who took what was running out and he made it into something great would do the same thing in the people's lives that we begin to speak into and declare it over. What if, what if our running out was only a setup for God showing off? I love you guys. I believe there's a move of God happening even now in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I love Audible Church. I love your pastor. I love your leaders. And I believe if, we will t- if you guys will take this and as you are already moving, God will begin to just pour himself out in the miraculous, in the supernatural, in the healing, in the life-giving. Here's what I encourage you to do. If you're watching this and you're connected with them or you're thinking about being connected, would you go ahead and click on their website? Take an opportunity to get involved, to get plugged in, to not just be set to the side during this time. What a, what a great excuse the enemy would have to say, you know what, well, no one's meeting in person. I'll just stay at home and do nothing. There's so many great ways to get plugged into the body of Christ all over the world more than ever before. I love you, and I believe this word over your life, that you are not running out. Hey, thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit our website at autobachurch.com. Now go out and make hope louder.